Are you looking to make better, healthier choices this year? Then let me help you out by introducing you to ButcherBox. ButcherBox not only helps you treat yourself to more delicious and wholesome meals, but it takes the guesswork out of finding high-quality meat with humanely raised beef, pork, chicken, seafood, and more that's delivered straight to your door. ButcherBox partners with folks who share their high standards and truly care about how animals are raised. Plus, they're B Corps certified, which makes me feel even better about my decision to be part of the ButcherBox community. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential. Three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus get, 20, plus get $20 off your first order. That's right. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free offer and get $20 off. The new year is here, which means it's time to start new habits and make those yearly resolutions. Mine this year was to get healthier and improve my quality of life, which is why I want to talk to you guys about Noom. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all and don't take into account each person's individual needs, which in turn doesn't really set you up for success. Those workout plans you pull from the internet don't think about your individual dietary restrictions, medical issues, or other personal needs. Noom does all of that before building a tailor-made plan that works for you and your lifestyle. It doesn't try to restrict what you eat and never shames you for wanting to treat yourself. And unlike before, I feel the motivation I need to succeed and none of the frustration that came with other plans. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy wherever books are sold. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. In the early 1900s, in Aberdeen, Washington, sailors were disappearing at an alarming rate. Now, many would chalk this up to the dangers of life on the open ocean. But when 40-plus bodies started washing up on the shore, all with bullet wounds, police knew something had to be done. On February 6, 1873, the man who took their lives and their money was born. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of a murder. Nothing really is known about William Gull's early life. We do know that he was born on February 6, 1873, preferred to be called Billy, and spent the first four decades of his life as a laborer and sailor. By 1903, he was living in Aberdeen, Washington, and working as a delegate for the Sailors' Union of the Pacific. When sailors would enter port, they could do a number of things. They could look for any new ships needing crewmen, deposit valuables, and deposit any money that they may have earned while on sea. The Union delegate, a usually trusted member of society, would hold on to these items until the sailor was ready to recollect. But when that delegate was Billy Goal, it was an entirely different story. When sailors would turn up alone with something good in their hands, 
Billy would pull a pistol from his drawer and shoot a man in the head. He would then clean his gun, strip the victim of any cash or identifying documents, then throw them down his man-made trap door with a chute that led to the Wishka River. After just a few years of this, Aberdeen became known as the Port of Missing Men. There were an estimated 41 bodies found floating in the water between 1901 and 1912 that may have been attributed to Billy Gold's money-making scheme. Oh, and this wasn't the first time Billy was at the center of some unsolved murders. Back before he became a delegate in Aberdeen, he worked as a bartender and was a suspect in the death of a large number of migrant workers that were found washed up on the shore. So there's no telling truly how many victims Billy Gold was responsible for during his two separate killing sprees. In both cases, he was a suspect, but nothing was ever done by officials. That was until 1910. Now, because of the time period, there are two very different stories on how this killer was finally captured. The first involves a man named John Klingenberg. This man, who was an accomplice of Billy's, was brought back to Aberdeen after trying to jump ship in Mexico, possibly to get away from Gull. He told officials that he saw Billy alone with a sailor, Charles Hatberg, whose body had washed ashore on February 2, 1910. A gun found near the body was traced back to Billy Gull, and this, coupled with John's testimony, was enough to finally prosecute the serial killer. The second story was about an engraved watch. Billy, during his standard rifle for last-minute items before dumping the body, found a watch bearing the name August Schluter. But before he let the body fall, he thought better of keeping a personalized item and replaced it. When the body washed ashore, Billy just happened to be present and identified the man as August, stating that he was one of his sailors. However, when his body was investigated later, it was found that he was actually a Danish sailor named Fred Nielsen. The only way Billy could have known the name on the watch was if he looked through his pockets after his death. So, Gull's identification actually put him on the top of the list of suspects. Regardless of how he was landed on the suspect list, he was arrested in February of 1910 and was convicted of three counts of murder. He was found guilty on May 12, 1910, and sentenced to life imprisonment. At some point, he was transferred to an asylum where he died of pneumonia and erysipelas that was complicated by a dementia paralytic caused by syphilis on March 3, 1927. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on February 7th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.